Hey there, special educators. Welcome to Autism Academy 360, a podcast to making your job as special education teachers easier. I'm Lisa. And I'm Abby, a behavior specialist. And together, we have over 25 years of special education experience. And I'm a veteran autism teacher. We both are passionate about empowering you with practical teaching strategies and actionable tips and tricks that will help you thrive in your role. Whether you're a seasoned educator looking for fresh insights, a newbie navigating your first classroom, or a parent of a neurodivergent child, this podcast is your go-to resource for all things autism. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Autism Academy 360. I'm your host, Lisa Holiday, and today I want to chat all about social narratives, or sometimes called social stories. And really, the reason people don't just call them social stories all the time, because it's originally created by Carol Gray, who has absolutely copyrighted the term social stories. So if you hear other people say social narratives, that is why. I will probably use those terms interchangeably throughout this podcast episode. Social narratives are basically used to help children with disabilities understand something that's already happened. For example, maybe a student won't stop spitting on the table. Maybe the student had a really hard time riding a bus in the morning. Or maybe they moved to a new classroom and are struggling with a change. Or maybe the student's cat just died. We also use social narratives to help students understand things and events that will happen in the future, such as maybe they're getting the flu shot and they need to see their pediatrician. Um, Maybe there's a fire drill the first week of school and they need to prepare for it. Maybe the teacher is going out on maternity leave and a student needs to get ready for that big change. When you're first starting out creating social stories, you need to be able to create them on the fly with students that they're needed for. Social narratives should be student-specific. When you write them, you are writing them in first-person perspective using very short sentences and phrases. Now, depending on the student, you can have the entire social narrative on the same page Or you can create it to look like a book that they kind of turn the pages to. You can have one sentence being on each page and maybe a picture to go along with it for younger students. But I have used social narratives in um, my high school setting, and I've often used just one page social stories. So some common social stories that are created in special education are maybe personal space, hitting, spitting, turn-taking, maybe making friends, maybe social stories for eloping, potty training social stories, a lot of social stories about feelings and and anxiety or what, what they might be feeling when they go to the doctors or transition social stories. There really are so many different topics that you can write social stories on. Those are just a few common ones that I've seen. Students on the spectrum are very visual learners and often need to see written words in their own voice to really understand situations. The more visuals we can use, the better. Things that are unfamiliar or unexpected can be very dysregulating for students with autism. You also want to try to use sentences that are very descriptive and to the point and that will go step by step what's what's going to happen. For example, I am going to the grocery store. 
I will walk into the store. I will grab a grocery cart. I will use my list to find what I need. So if you're working with a um, student bringing them into the community or to the grocery store, that's something that you could do. You want to make sure that you're using very positive language when creating these social narratives. For example, if you're trying to have a student, let's say, stop spitting on the desk, you're not going to say things in the story that say, I won't spit on my desk. You want to say things like, when I feel like spitting, I can get a drink of water or When I feel the need to spit, I can spit in the sink. When you're writing these social stories by yourself or with your special education team, it's also okay to come up with some verbiage about the students' feelings so that they know it's okay to have those feelings in unfamiliar situations. For example, I might use, I might feel nervous when I walk into a new store. It's okay to have this feeling. Or, It can feel scary sometimes at school, but I know that I am safe and loved. It's totally reasonable to include the feelings that the students might have. Remember, these social narratives are to kind of help the student process these situations that they might not understand or they've never done before. Another tip that I want you to have is using real images if you're making those like little stories whenever you can. It's more relatable and it's a lot more understandable. So, for example, if I'm creating a social story about, let's say, going outside for recess, I might as well just go outside with that student, take pictures of each step that the student would be taking so that I can use that in the social story. So, the first page off the social story might be, I go outside for recess. And then you would include a real image of the playground area that the student will be using. And then the second page might say something like, Every day after lunch, I go outside for recess and then include a picture of the student at recess. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's absolutely impossible to get real images of every situation. For example, if you have a student who's defecating on the walls, you're not going to try and get a real picture of a student in action. Social stories do not have to be fancy either. I have seen so many teachers create actual bound books with laminated pages, which is great for durability, and they last longer. But often, as special education teachers, we just don't have time to do all of that. And so you're left with using maybe a whiteboard and creating, you know, little stick images or figures and a quick little social story, and that's okay too. There are also a bunch of um, social story creator apps that you can mess around with in your phone or a tablet, but I often just use paper and pencil ones. There are so many templates that you can find online or TPT, but I beg you, if you use those, please only use them as a template and personalize the stories for each student. These stories are not just a one and done. You want to be able to read these social narratives over and over and over again, I've often seen a lot of special education teachers write these stories in second person also. So the story would sound like, you know, Johnny will go to class. Johnny will walk down the hallway. And I just cringe when I hear them written that way because really the whole point of these stories are so they can remember them and start reciting them in their own heads, creating that narrative um, of their own lives. And we want them to be able to tap into that memory anytime a situation arises. I've also seen some stories that have threats in them. 
such as, if Johnny hits a teacher, he will be suspended, or if Johnny doesn't get his work done, he won't be getting recess. Now, we don't want to do that either. Another thing you don't want to do is really overcomplicating the sentences, adding metaphors or idioms. Students with autism have a very difficult time understanding language as it is. And when the language is not being very direct or clear, they just really stumble on what's expected of them. So really, that's all I have for you today. Just remember that social stories on their own do not eliminate behaviors or teach skills. So just the act of reading the social story or showing them the social story is not proven to reduce behaviors. But there is evidence to show effectiveness when we pair the social stories with another intervention that often does reduce behaviors. So, and I'm talking about pairing it with things like maybe video modeling, some role playing or other interventions that you might have. So to recap, make sure you identify the social situation. Define that target behavior or skill that you want them to be learning. Write the social story in first person. Choose the appropriate length of the social story. Add pictures. Real images are preferred if you want to. And then you're going to want to implement that social story with that student. You also want to monitor the progress and modify it when needed. So guys, I'm so glad that I was able to share this with you guys today, and that's all for now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Autism Academy 360. We hope that you've gained some tips and motivation to fuel your week ahead. Before you go, don't forget to hit that follow button on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you want to show support, head to Apple Podcasts and leave your rating and review. Until next time, stay inspired, stay informed, and most importantly, stay connected. We'll catch you in the next episode.